It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. Yeah, good evening and welcome to another edition of Glover's Golden Oldies. And tonight I'm delighted to say we're joined by Mr. Sean MacDonald. How are you, Sean? Very well, old dog. Very well. Good. Well, I'm fine, mate, and it's really nice to talk to you again. We had some good times down at Yeovil when you were there, so uh, it was great uh, memories. Yeah, great absolutely, memories, buddy. Yeah, me going, sp- me going sprawling at Brighton, if I recall. Do you remember that? Yeah, mate, I was really worried about you after that, but <laughs> hey, look well, back and laugh now, the, don't we? The boat race is just about as ugly as it was before, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, hey, uh, looking well, Parley, looking well. No, nah, well, getting on a bit now, but, you know, we're, we're all right. But, Sean... We all? Well, yeah, exactly. You um, you were born on the 17th of June, 1988, it says here, and Wikipedia, let's face it, is the uh, the Bible of us reporters and people like that, um, in yeah. Swansea, of course. Um, yeah. so plenty of Welsh blood in you there, as I have yeah. as well, but mine was a bit further down the coast from Swansea. Um, yeah. And uh, you started your youth career at Swansea. Did you play for any teams before Swansea in terms of, like, you know, your local Sunday League team or anything like that? Yeah, so I was brought up uh, in a fairly rough area in Swansea called Blind and Ice. Um, But it was one of them areas, even though it was rough, uh, everyone knew everyone and it was well looked after unless somebody new came into the area. So, um, yeah, I I played for Blind and Ice as a young lad. And I remember I I was too young when I wanted to play. My mum and dad took me to training because I got an older brother, three years older than me, Lee. Mm He he was playing at the time, and I really wanted to play, but I was too young. He was like, say Lee was eight, I was only five, and he was too young at the time. So I I always remember being allowed to train with them, but not being able to play. Then I always ended up playing above the ages above myself, um, yeah. just to play games, really. And my parents were obviously fine with that. So um, that's where I started, was Blind Mice. Uh, some really good times, good memories. Uh, and then obviously left Blind Mice. I think, for whatever reason, the team ended up folding whether it was financial or not enough players mm. or whatever. And ended up going to a well-known club called West End. Yeah. And was really well-known in Swansea. Um, and had some really, really good times then. Started again, noticed by, obviously, other clubs in terms of Swansea and local clubs around that area. Um, uh, and I ended up leaving West End and played for St. Joseph's, which was, like, not a rival club, but a, another really good team who would always be there or thereabouts to the top of the league with West End so um, the reason for me leaving was the manager who I got on really well with from West End left and went to St. Joseph's and I left and went with him um, but yeah then were the three clubs I played for and I ended up leaving St. Joseph's to then go and play for Swansea um, how, how old I were you when you went to Swansea? when I went to Swansea I was about eight or nine mm-hmm. um, but even though I was getting watched for West End and St. Joseph's at the time, I remember um, my local school, my primary school, playing mice. Um, we'd do football tournaments, and I remember the scouts coming to that Pacific tournament and watching us. Um, and after that tournament, they had a really good day. It was obviously like play the tournament, whatever. And then um, the Swansea scouts went on to my parents. Uh, and obviously said they wanted to invite me down to train and uh, it just went on from there really mm-hmm. and you got you obviously got a, a contract at Swansea made 24 appearances for Swansea according to Wikipedia so yeah. uh, that was the start but then you really almost became totally a Yeovil Town player didn't you after that yeah it was uh, mixed emotions obviously coming through a Swansea my hometown club obviously my family my friends all supported them and Swansea's quite a diehard uh, footballing town, so yeah, yeah. Um, you know the fans there. If especially if you're an homegrown lad, you know they take to you really well and love it, love you like so. For me, it was it was one of them where I never really thought about leaving when I was coming through. My my dream and my aim and my goal was to always play weekend week off at Swansea. Mm. Um, so I put everything into that. Uh, and I started well, like started well. I think I, I made my debut in the Welsh Cup or something like that, at sixteen, so quite young. Um, and Kenny Jagger was the manager then, who was obviously a Port- Portsmouth now and still doing a great job there. Uh, but yeah, I was always, if I'm being honest, I was always uh, a kind of not a fringe player, but in and out. Like I'd have a chance, I'd do well, but then being a local lad, I'd probably come back out of the team mm. for a more experienced player. And that's quite common, isn't it? I think even these days. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Probably even more so. It's tougher these days, I suppose. Mm. But but yeah, so I probably 
if I'm being really honest with myself, I wanted to give myself the best possible chance to to play with uh, play with Swansea, but probably stayed a little bit too long looking back. Um, but obviously, I wanted to give myself every chance to to get into the team and play every week, which didn't happen. And I ended up obviously having to go on loan to to Yeovil, where met, I met some great people. Time for Sean's first musical choice, and that's Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just Killers there and Mr. Brightside. Right, so then you ended up at Yeovil then, Sean? Yeah, uh, as you can imagine, um, I think Russell Slade was the manager at the time. Yeah, it was definitely Slade. Um, where Daz had a really bad car accident at the time. I remember this day. Yes, really, that's right. Really yeah. vividly. Um, and he phoned me, Daz, and I was thinking, oh, but what's, what's Daz doing me for? He's been a bad accident. And he was like, uh, Asking me to go to Yeovil, thinking I could, you know, be an asset and, and do really well for him. Um, you know, coming from Daz and the situation he was in, uh, it was obviously a big move for me. Like my first proper move away from Swansea, but I, I knew I needed first team football. And Daz, you know, more or less promised me that he said, "Come here, I do well, you enjoy it, we look after you." Um, so you no, know, uh, and the situation Daz was in, I wanted to play really uh, and and go and do well for him. Mm. Um, so yeah, I ended up taking you know the the jump really to to go and. 
go on loan. It was only for a month, just to show things where yeah, yeah. get a feel for the club and stuff. Um, and I remember driving up on the day. It was an hectic day. Ule, who uh, was the the player liaison at Swans, who does everything for the players. Um, I remember getting the deal signed and Roberto Martinez saying, "Go and get games. Like come back. You know, we get back in the team if we don't do well or whatever." Um, so we drove up. I signed. I signed the paper. I signed the paperwork and then drove straight up to the Oval on the Tuesday. We had a game Tuesday night. Mm. Uh, so we got up there. Uh, stopped halfway at the services. Got tried to get you know the healthiest meal I probably could for that day. Uh, <clears throat> went straight to the stadium. Met everyone. Obviously didn't meet the lads until I went into the changing room and then was, was straight in the starting lineup. And I, I remember the game. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Huddersfield at home. Uh, and we beat them one 0 And I scored the winner. So it was like I, th- I thought well, this is meant to be. Like you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. um, so, so right away I felt I felt it I felt good about the club obviously scoring winning the game being accepted by the lads which is important I think mm-hmm. uh, in football um, by the fans and I told uh, straight away I had a, a really good feel uh, about the place and um, you know that that first game couldn't have gone any better so uh and obviously we went on strength to strength. I had really good times, really good memories at, at Yeovil, met some great people um, and was welcomed, you know, um, from day one. Mm. And, and and looking back now, uh, you know, I had some, some great, great memories uh, along the way at Yeovil. Yeah, but it says in Wikipedia it was 2009. Was it, was it as late as that? Would that sound right to you, 2009? Uh, so, yeah, it probably would have been around that time. Yeah, I was about so 20. Russell yeah. Slade couldn't have been there that long then, because no, I'm sure he... Lady. For the first month, I think, I played under Russell Slade. Mm. Well, the second month he didn't? I don't know what happened. I think I'd come back to Swansea for a little while and then ended up coming back after that. Mm. But I'm sure Skivel took the yeah, job then. that sounds about right, because as I say, I'm sure Russell Slade left the club sort of sometime in, in 2009-10, and... Um, it might have been earlier, but anyway, but you know. Yeah, he only played for 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 obviously Russell Slade, and do you know what? I thought he was a great person, great manager, and he took me took me under his wing. To be fair, but uh, I'm not sure whether I was 100% Russell Slade signing or whether I was, you know, Daz signing mm. who pushed me to get there. But yeah, I had, yeah. A, I had a good time under Slade, and then obviously Skibble took over, and then Daz ended up getting back after his uh, terrible injuries and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I I had really fond memories and you know met some great people along the way while playing for Yeovil Town and it gave me the platform really to to go on and mm. well you the career you, I've had. you had twelve games according to this on the second loan scored another two goals then the third loan in 2010 19 games and one goal and then you yep. had two more yeah we had 2010 11 another 15 games no goals and then 2011 another 11 and four goals so you know it was a, a fair old time but I was, the one game I always remember about you in particular was when we went to Brisbane Road and um, we stuffed Leighton Orient I can't remember what the score was but it was 4-5-0 yeah. I think and you scored 3 yeah. didn't you yeah I think we uh, I think we won 5-1 maybe that day or 5-0 it was, it was definitely 5 in it yeah. um, it was the first half hat trick which was like I was absolutely buzzing I yeah. don't know what it's probably that's probably the most proud I've been in terms of club football um, where you know, as a midfielder and, and kind of a defensive midfielder, where I try and get on the ball and make things happen for the more attacking players to score an actually It's like mm, mm. Yeah, it was an unbelievable achievement for me. Um, now, time for some more music. Now, Mr. McDonald has got a young daughter, and her name is Ruby. And guess what this record's called? Yep, you got it. It's Ruby by the Kaiser Chief. Yeah. 
there we go. Ruby, dedicated to Sean's daughter, obviously called Ruby, by this Kaiser Chief. But, you know, during your time at Yeovil, what, what other games stood out for you? Because you were there for, you know, for a lot of games, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, um, as I touched upon, my debut game where I scored the winner, obviously couldn't go any better. That That's a game that stands out. I remember yeah. I was playing MK Dons at home. Uh, one game where, that was another game I scored, so that's probably why it stands out. Um... And I remember us beating Norwich, who had come down like from the leagues, mm. and we got a really good result against them. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we beat them as well. Um, but obviously, the, the main game for me is the one where I scored the trick and we, yeah. we got a really good result that day, where it was like five nil or five mm. one. So it was like, but we had a really good team, and some really good players who yeah. we had a really good together. I said, give one does. Got, got together a really good squad. Chris Cohen was he here that time? No, I didn't play with Chris. Uh, obviously, he's a bit he's a bit of a legend, isn't he? Mm. Uh, Yovel. Um, but he'd, he'd already gone. We bypassed each other. So, oh right, yeah. Well, um, and Aaron Davis presumably then. Davo was there. Yeah, uh, played with Davo and I still keep in touch with Davo to this day. Mm. Um, mm. Great lad, isn't he? Uh, yeah, another one. Him, Gavin Williams was there. Gavin's mm. another talking to Gavin yesterday. Yeah, great person. Mm. Going really well with Gav. I'll got, drop him the odd message again every now and again. I've got him lined up for. Uh, I said, I said to him because um, when you know what Gavin was like. Well, he was proper sort of uh, practical joker. And I remember once yeah. I was taking some photographs and I happened to put the camera down, which was a fatal mistake to do when Gavin was about. Definitely with him around. Yeah, and uh, there was one particular photograph which I won't go into details as to a, a description of it, but I'll leave you as your imagination as to what he was doing with it. And um, so I said to Gavin, I said, well, "We're going to do this interview," but I said in the meantime you better get a brown brown envelope with some purple drinking vouchers in otherwise that photo is going to be published i can tell you <laughs> <laughs> so he's going what, what picture me yeah. yeah what picture he goes what picture you know damn well what picture <laughs> but, uh, he knows exactly what he's on about yeah but me speaking about gav we had a we had a little group who really got on like it was really tight it was me gav Aaron David, Owen Tudor Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember like, Owen. Yeah, we had a great time there. Like mm. away from football, we got on really well as well. Because at, at the time, my missus didn't move. Cause I was only on loan. I wasn't mm. like the Oval Towns player. There was no point in giving up work and leaving no, her family no. to come with us. So it's like, so we had, we had a really tight knit little group there, which uh, had some really good memories. And obviously, mm. you can imagine some some of the funny things that happened around with Gav around and Dave and Owen. So, but um, yeah, I always yeah. remember with you though. You 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 always you you often said to me that you know much as you love playing at Yeovil and I know you did love it and it wasn't you're not just saying it because mm. I, I, I could tell from the way you were but there was always that ambition that you really your at that particular time your number one aim I think was to get into that Swansea City side wasn't it into the first yeah. 11 that yeah. was that was sort of hankering away at you a little bit I fancy and that's it? exactly what I mean looking back now I was probably holding on a little bit too long with the love I had for, for Swansea and you know and the and the goal really that I set myself in my mind to play want to play from every week mm. so mm. I'd probably left that not get to me because I don't regret anything um, but I, looking back I probably should have left maybe a se- possibly yeah. two seasons before to just to, just to play every single week without having uh, any kind of uh, mixed emotions really so but, but yeah I, I, I had an unbelievable time at the Oval and I wouldn't even change a thing like every, it made me a better player a better person maybe grow up more as a man as well like moving away and um, you know I have some great memories from Tamburinos for example I, no, I was in the City yeah. Lodge I was yeah. living in the City Lodge um, you know Reese Baggage who I still keep in touch with he was a young lad at the time who was obviously from Neath and I'm really good friends with Reese. Mm. Uh, he's a, he's a, was at Merthyr is he still at Merthyr? he's not playing now Reese. He's mm. he works in a bank now oh, he's yeah. doing really well apparently yeah, yeah. so Bit of a career change for him, yeah. but um, but yeah, he's had a little boy, so so we keep in touch quite quite often. To be fair, so mm. Mm. again, like it's just another 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 contact and another relationship. Yeah, a good relationship. To be fair, who I've made from from my days back in Yeovil. So mm. yeah, absolutely. So then, obviously, you went back to to um, Swansea. Time for the next of Sean's favourite tracks, and this time it's called "Show Me Love" by Robin S. <laughs>
Quinesse there and show me love. Pardo Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset with offices in Yeovil, Taunton and Bridgewater with a strong ethos of helping those in our community. If in doubt, check it out with Pardo's on a free no obligation call or subscribe to our free podcast, The Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 0442 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardos Solicitors, looking after you, your family and your business. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. Whether you're a one-man or one-woman band just starting up, or a large established business, Chalmers Accountants offer a range of expert services tailor-made to your needs. They have over 100 years' experience of helping businesses of all sizes and provide a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. Yeah, so you obviously went back to uh, to Swansea, uh, and then the next thing we see, you turn up full-time tra- uh, transfer this time to Bournemouth. Yeah, so... Everything was up in the air at the time. I obviously went back to Swansea, assuming that I would have an opportunity to have a run of games in the team. And that was, uh, as I've said, that was my aim all along. Mm. Um, and if that wasn't going to happen, I, my mind was set up now at this moment in time. If that wasn't going to happen, I would have to leave, which obviously I ended up doing. Um, but I remember speaking to Skivo and obviously Daz uh, uh, along the way. And, and I know Yeovil was obviously not my number one club because I, I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking I need to play, go back, see what happens this one, just try and get in the team, like, and then go from there. But I always knew I could come back to Yeovil and... Um, I always felt accepted that uh, you know I'd have a, a good career if that's what I needed to do and sign for Yeovil permanently. I, I always felt that that's what I could do if I needed to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And then out of the blue, Bournemouth put an offer in for me, um, and obviously it was a, a bid. I think at the time I'm not sure. I don't even know what the bid was, but Swansea accepted it. Um, I was in a position where I'd, I had to make a decision, and my decision was to go um, and, and sign for Bournemouth. But um, I remember going down and meeting Lee Bradbury at the time was the manager and uh, having a look around Bournemouth and in a weird way it was just like it felt like it was home from home like Swansea had some nice beaches some nice areas that mm. you can obviously walk around go with the dog and stuff and, and Bournemouth felt exactly the same in terms of like the beach was unbelievable um, and everything about it just felt right so we ended up signing after me going to have a, have a visit down here and, and do you know what it's like I look back at my Bournemouth move and at the time wasn't sure um, but when I went and looked around and met the people, it just felt like everything clicked into place. So um, we got we got the deal signed, uh, got the deal done. And when I, when I think about Bournemouth now, it's a very fun club. You know, I, it's close to my heart. Again, met so many good people there. Um, we had so many good memories. Obviously, went from League One and got promoted to the Prem. So so when I look back now at, at my time at Bournemouth, it's probably the most enjoyable time through to my career. Uh, and again. I've made some unbelievable relationships, keep in touch with a lot of people there. Um, and I still got the house down in Bournemouth, so, you know, after football, it's always an option. If yeah. me and the wife and Ruby, for example, wanted to go back there, we, we could. But my aim is probably to move back to Swansea, obviously, with both our families being from there. Yeah. And, and did you, um, did you were you at Bournemouth when they got into the Premiership, or were you just, did you leave? Yeah, I was at Bournemouth. Yeah, I was at Bournemouth when we went from the Champ to the Prem, and then I told myself that I have to experience whether I was going to play or not. I have to experience experience uh, that feeling of playing in a Premier League team mm-hmm. whether it's going to play or not um, so I stayed that year and I had a really good relationship with, with Eddie uh, Jason Tindall the assistant tenors who was the first team coach and we had a really really good togetherness probably the best togetherness I've ever experienced uh, in that squad at the time and that's something I didn't really want to leave so I stayed uh, played like four or five times I think in the, in the Prem um, played in all the cup games and that that year but again like it got to a stage where I knew I'd probably have to move on and, and mm. leave who were the games against in the Prem think back come on we was losing to Man City so my de- my Premier League debut was Man City right um, which they had an unbelievable team that year as well um, and I'm pretty sure we lost like 
nil or four one that day. Um, but I come on in like sixty minutes. Come on and actually done really well. There was no pressure on me not to do well. We mm. was losing the game. The game was more or less done to be honest. And I saw Anna come on and try and express myself and do well, get on the ball, and I did. Like, and I enjoy, actually enjoyed that. And it's something I can always look back on. Um, the other ones maybe were it was Aston Villa, West Brom at the time. Um, and there's one more, but I'm not too sure it is to be honest. Okay. And one of these, I don't really remember games that well. I just mm. play my games do my job. Yeah. As best as I can, and then get Fair on with enough. it. There's obviously a life after football for you, for sure. Exactly, buddy. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So then uh, you played 84 times for Bournemouth, which is you know not bad. Not bad. Could, Could be better. No, but Could be better. Just getting on with it, huh? Um, yeah. And then and then they moved to Wigan, Wigan Athletic. Uh, presumably, were they in mm. the were they in League One, and then or in the Championship? They got promoted from League One. They apparently, like, well, they did. They, they bossed that the the year they got promoted from League One to the Champ, and I signed when they got promoted to the Champ. So. It was from the Prem back down to the Champ. I signed for Wigan. More music now. This one I do like. It's simply the best from Tina Turner.
was Tina Turner, Simply the Best, and Simply the Best She Is. Uh, right, so then, uh, yeah, Wigan Athletic, you, the, you, the, they were just getting promoted, were they, at that point? Yeah, they got promoted that year, and I signed the... So I signed the start of that season when they got promoted to the champ, so the champ had already started. Who, who was um, the manager there, then? The manager at the time was Gary Caldwell. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, um, honestly, I heard the rumour that they were interested... Uh, on this certain day and then by the end of that evening it was done like I was driving yeah. up in the, in the night so it was that quick yeah um, so this is the thing in football sometimes you don't get mm. don't get too much time to think about something you just have to make a decision whether you know yeah. it's right for me from a football point of view and from a family point of view so as much as I loved living in Bournemouth I knew from a football point of view it was time for me to go and try and obviously go and do well somewhere else um, so yes yeah, so we committed drove up to Wigan Gary Caldwell was the manager at the time uh, and David Sharp was the chairman um, who I built a good relationship with the both but uh, we were playing really well but not getting the right results for the first like 10 games and I think it was 14 games in um, when the chairman wanted to make a change so uh, he brought in Warren Joyce at the time who was an under-23s man U mm. manager and he was a really top guy to be fair to him but things just for whatever reason didn't really work out so it was another change uh, again then later in that year the first year but I played like 40 three games from a personal point of view mm. it's difficult because from a team point of view we didn't do great because we got relegated that year but from a personal point of view um, I played 40 whatever games like, and I'm got in the rhythm of playing every week and felt really fit really strong really good um, I had a good mindset that year um, and then it was literally the last away game of that year I broke my leg so um, yeah so it, not a great season overall from a team or personal point of view but when I look back at my stats in terms of how many games I played it was uh, probably one of the best like so bittersweet really to, to finish the season with a really bad injury and knowing I was going to be out for a, a year at least uh, it was a bit, uh, bit of a pull to swallow really any, any high spots if that was the low spot obviously any high spots at Wigan yeah we we done really we done well in the FA Cup and played at Old Trafford so obviously that was a dream for me growing up like everyone mm. you know my family but not just Swansea supporters because we was come through the leagues like similar story to Bournemouth but Man U was a club to support in our family absolutely um, right spot on yeah Can't well there we are there we yeah. are um, so, so we played at Old Trafford and uh, in the FA Cup and my mum and dad were there which made me proud because like mm. it's, it's a big thing that um, they come and watch me play at Old Trafford like so yeah. um, that's, that's a, that is definitely one thing that stands out um, was was that this must have been the year then that you got to the final and beat Man City then no that wasn't the year we uh, that was the year it was, we got to the fourth or the fifth round and we played them at their place and they beat us like they scored just before half time we was right in the game we were doing really well against them and then they scored just Fellaini scored before half time and then they come out second half scored another one it was like kind of game over then but yeah. um, <laughs> but no it, yeah we, it wasn't it wasn't that, that I won I won year when they when they beat City in the final yeah I'm hopeless I was here I was here when they beat City um, I was here when they beat City two years ago so not last yeah last season it would have been um, they beat City last season but obviously That's I was right, just yeah. I was still recovering from a broken leg so it was like yeah that was, that was an in, unbelievable in moment in the cup the as well because it was on TV I remember that's right yeah so an unbelievable moment for the club but for me personally it was like wanted to be out there I saw me so last up in the music stakes for Sean is Wonderwall and Oasis throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you now backbeat the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out i'm sure you've heard it all before but you never really had it doubt Feels the way I do About you now And all the roads we have to walk Are winding And all the lights that lead us there Are blinding There are many things that I Would like to say to you But I don't know how 
to you By now you should have somehow realized what you're not to do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now You know what? I hate Oasis. Going back a bit, Sean, which we, we missed and we, we glossed over this, but back in 2005 and 2000, well, through 2005 to 2010, you started picking up under 19 and under 21 Welsh caps, which must yeah. have done an awful lot for your confidence, I would assume. Yeah, Brian Flynn was the manager uh, through most of them age groups and. I, I can't speak highly enough of Brian Flynn. Like he gave me all the confidence I needed and all, all the all the things that I needed to be a top player. He, uh, I look back and like he was the one really who, who gave me the confidence to to go on and do what I've done. Um, can't speak highly enough of Brian Flynn. Mm. Um, but yeah, so played for 19s, one in the 19s, long straight up to the 21s. I were, were yeah, we had some really successful times in the 21s. We 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 had a really good squad. I mean, a lot a lot of them went on to play for the, obviously the senior squad. Um, but <clears throat> Obviously, I got the record for the 21, so I, I started young, stayed there for quite a while, um, and then eventually made, I got full caps to be fair for Wales, and that was always another dream, so I've ticked that off. Mm. Obviously, could have done could have done much better, could have got a lot more cap, um, but that is what it is, I suppose. Like, you know I mean, it's, it's a proud moment to get any minutes ready for you, for your country, so for me, well, that is a... It surely has to be the pinnacle of, of your career, playing for your country. Of course it is. You know. and, uh, I remember we played Israel away, and I come on for like, on about... Some, it was a good half hour and we, we batted Israel like, and that's probably one of my proudest moments in a Welsh, in a Welsh mm. shirt before Ryan Giggs was manager though presumably was it yeah this was under Chris Coleman and I, I went away under John Torshak like, quite a lot I was always in the squads to be fair um, mm. but just didn't really play enough um, but I probably played the most under Chris Coleman yeah and like you say I suppose you know breaking your leg bound to slow you down it's bound to you know cause a, you, you suddenly take a year out of your career It's, it's yeah. you, you can't replace it it's gone yeah well it was, it was 15 months overall I think look, looking back so I come back and then I had to get screws out which caused me a problem so mm. another, a little bit longer on top and I come back and it, in my first game took a terrible title and it always seems to weigh me out for a long term injury it's like a chain reaction of was taking knock puts you back and like have to get strong again get your body toughened up again so but I'm at that stage now um, it was obviously a long time out well, and seven weeks before my wedding which one great age so all oh, yeah. down the aisle <clears throat> did you have to go through any metal detectors <laughs> I actually did but it didn't go off so oh, well, okay. fair enough it's titanium, it's titanium <laughs> rod, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. But um, but how did you get the broken leg? Then obviously a tackle, I presume, was it? Yeah, it was red in a way, went in hard, like 
uh, kind of a 50-50, and I've got there just before the lad. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't normal, it wasn't malicious or, or, no, or meant no. in any any way, shape, or form. And um, George Evans, the lad, to be fair, was in bits about it. So, mm. <laughs> but deep down, I knew it wasn't his fault. And these things happen, don't they? It's what you sign up for when you play. You go on the pitch every week, uh, and yeah, something can happen at any time. So. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You know. So uh, anyway, thirty-nine games for uh, Wigan Athletic, and in two thousand nineteen, you signed for the Millers and Rotherham United. Yeah, yeah, I went for the Millers. Uh, yeah, it was a frustrating time at the end of my Wigan career. Obviously, like felt fit, felt ready to go, but I haven't been out for that long. And a new manager coming in, to be honest, while I was out injured, Paul Cook. Um, I had a good relationship with Cookie. I had many interesting chats with him, but I always felt that I was never really going to have an opportunity uh, once I got back from my injury. And I won't go into detail because there's no point yeah. me opening that, no. you know, that tin of beans up. But um, was was Anthony yeah. Barry there when when because uh, he was ba- with Baz was there? Yeah, yeah. I got on unbelievable with Baz. Yeah. Top man, can't speak highly enough of Andy yeah, Barry. Good lad, uh, isn't he? great lad. Yeah, got time for Baz to be fair. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of knew. Uh, I had a conversation with 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 the manager, um, and it was one of them conversations where it was a little bit disheartening for me personally with what was said and what was done. But I don't need to go into detail. So, mm. um, so from that first conversation I had with him, I kind of knew deep down that I'd probably have to look to move on. And um, for whatever reason, me and and Warney, uh ended up messaging and and chatting, and um, there was was interest there and we, we kept in touch along the way and ended up getting, getting the deal done so Warren he was at Yeovil when you were there wasn't he he was yeah, yeah, he, he was, yeah. we was there for a short spell together and um, mm. I remember him being a great guy and being really fit and like hard work and he was running himself into the ground and yeah. he's exactly like that now as a manager he, he wants to be the fittest team in the league he wants us to work be the hardest working and, and that, that's where success comes from so and I'll tell you a story about Warney. Um when, when Warney was at Yeovil and it was clear that he was going to be leaving because I don't think they offered him a pretty good deal Um, and I said to him I said well you know you want to be a manager Warney no no I'll never be a manager never not as long as I live I won't be a manager and I said you'd be a perfect man no 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 I won't be a manager well we all know what's happened he not only was he a manager he got got a promotion in his second year and he's he's doing well at the moment we could well be another promotion if we ever get back to playing football so he's a unique unique manager I think Warney and I don't think you mind me saying that he's very uh, uh, he's very honest probably too honest to yeah. be a manager sometimes he's a really good guy yeah. uh, always puts family first as we you know I'm not saying managers don't do that but they're very uh, focused and he's focused obviously on, yeah. on, on the job of being a manager but he's a uh, he puts people first rather than football which is a very unique uh, way of looking as a manager mm. and he, he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that anyway but you know he, he might well be focused but he's also just a bloody nice bloke and, exactly uh, that's what I'm know, saying that's, that's he's honest the... sometimes for his own good isn't he yeah, but, yeah no, um, he's, he's, no he's great I always got on well with Warney he was, he was quite refreshing to be honest to see yeah, yeah. see that in the game top notch he was really so okay well at the moment you're you're in a situation where you're locked down can't play yeah. football um, what does the future hold for you as far as this have you got any sort of long-term plans for coaching at the end of your career or anything like that? Yeah, I'm at, I think I'm at the age where I'm always thinking about what to do after football. Um, and there's always a life after football. I'm quite comfortable with that happening when it happens. Um, mm. But I'm obviously uh, obviously still committed to, to working as hard as possible and, and doing as best as I can for the club I'm signed for and that's Rotherham at the moment. So yeah. um, we obviously second in the league, which is we're in a massive, massively strange situation at the moment. Uh, mm. You know, not just from a football point of view, everybody in everybody in the country everybody in the world I think is yeah. obviously on a lockdown and people can't see, see their families and people can't go and work so it's a difficult situation with all in but um, it's one of them things where for me personally I, I commute so I don't I don't I, you know I don't see my little girl uh, as much as I'd love to so right now I'm just making the most of being around her uh, mm. interacting with her watching her learn watching yeah. her grow and I'm making the most of that until obviously everything blows over and we get back to back to the grind really yeah yeah absolutely well long may that uh, you know that's the wrong way around I could say long may it continue but we want to get back to playing football long may that continue rather than sitting here doing nothing really or you know of course, it's, it's... Of course. football's uh, football's such a, a unique game and everyone uh, from different backgrounds uh, 
and it's, yeah. a, it's a bigger thing than people think obviously from a football player point of view we look forward to training and the games and it's a very uh, but you know I, I class myself game, as, isn't it, so. I class myself as a fan and I, exactly. just, I just can't stand it without any football I've got you know I fans families weekends families yeah. weekends are going to games and, and enjoying yeah, the games it's just, it's, just, you know, it's a bigger picture isn't it and there's no but, there's no horse racing and I've got a passion for that as well so like you know it's, it's sort of what do I do on a Saturday you know it's just yeah. dreadful it's one of them H&A I think with the, with the current situation everybody's health comes first and uh, until until everyone's in a safe uh, safe yeah. environment for us yeah. to go and play football or real horse racing as you touched up on and get back to enjoying our, our normal way to way life I suppose we just have to deal with what we've got to deal with and, and try and enjoy it and be as positive as we can be what I'm dealing with it well look Sean thanks for coming on, on the show I really appreciate it absolute pleasure H mate lovely to catch up good to yeah. see you first buddy yeah and you make sure you look after that little girl of yours and uh, I shall you know. do I'm, I wrap it in cotton wool I'm way too overprotective as a dad tell <laughs> make sure that yeah. you uh, make the most of the time you've got with her now because obviously as you say once you get back to football again you'll be back to sort of getting home and seeing her for an hour or two or something that's it my friend I realise mm. I'm in a, I'm in a, 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 I know it's an odd situation but I'm lucky to be around every day and, and obviously yeah. be with her a lot more so I'm enjoying that side of it well thanks for coming on Sean really been great talking to you again and uh, I'm sure our paths will cross again fairly shortly you know what I am for you my friend buddy I do okay there we go that was Sean McDonald enjoying life now up at uh, Rotherham under Paul Warren so that's it for another edition of Glover's Golden Oldies join us again next week on Three Valleys Radio a bloom shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to rent in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day Yeah.